Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Cat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Paul and I are recapping the Dolphins' 19-17 victory over the San Diego Chargers. They certainly never make it easy. With a minute left in the game, Cody Parkey hits a 54-yard field goal to give the Dolphins the lead, and the Chargers come back down with a few seconds left and miss the game-winning field goal. Paul, we've waited a long time for this week one matchup here. Actually, week two matchup now that I think about it because the Dolphins didn't play in week one. Thoughts on the game? Uh, One thing I I do want to clarify uh, about the end of that game is, is, yeah, Koo missed that field goal with, with five seconds remaining, but Miami gave them the opportunity to go out and either make or miss it. They completely blew everything on the San Diego side of the ball, weren't set up to manage the clock properly, and essentially were scrambling to get their personnel where they wanted them uh, with with five seconds to go. And Miami called the timeout, which essentially gave them the shot at that game-winning field goal. I'm very, very happy that Miami's got the win. I know at the end of the season, a win is a win. It doesn't matter. It's one in the win column no matter how you get there. But – I just felt like Miami came out way too conservative in this game. They weren't attempting deep passes in the first half, really. Uh, they, they did come out in the second half and attempt a couple. I believe even Gase acknowledged at halftime the fact that his play calling was not up to snuff. There were a lot of plays that, that they called on offense that really led to just a waste of a down, essentially. So, I really hope Miami gets this straightened out. They've got too much talent at every level of the field, whether it's in the run game, the pass game, et cetera, to be this average on offense. Our concerns about the defense were answered a little bit, especially given the fact that they were without Lawrence Timmons today, surprisingly. But they really, I mean, I think it was the end of the first quarter, and they had held the Chargers to zero yards rushing. Uh, there were a lot of plays where you saw Dominican Sue, et cetera, blow through the the offensive line, make the tackle in the backfield. So there were a lot of positives there, but it just felt like the Dolphins were too damn conservative in this game, and it almost came back to bite them in the ass on numerous occasions. I think the two main points of them being so conservative, offensively at one point, Jarvis Landry had nine touches for 23 yards, eight catches for 30 yards, and one rush for negative seven. It was good that he caught the amount of passes that he did, But still, you've got to get a little bit more yardage than that. On the defensive side of the ball, yeah, when you look at the last minute when the Chargers were driving down, they went right down the field. It seemed like they were playing against a prevent defense when they only needed 40 yards. 13 yards to Keenan Allen, 17 yards to Hunter Henry, 10 to Melvin Gordon, penalty on McCain, and then a a nine-yard pass to Keenan Allen. And the Chargers missed the game-winning kick, and they missed another kick in this game, too. So, Paul, let's get to the grades. Jay Cutler goes 24 for 33 for 230 yards and a touchdown. A quarterback rating of 101.8. Did he play this game the way that you thought he would, or 
What's your takeaway from Cutler? I thought Cutler was efficient, but for me, I'm going to go with a B here. I don't put it all on his shoulders, but I felt like, as I'm probably going to beat this drum a little bit during the show, the play calls for him were a little conservative and at times mystifying. So, yeah, I thought Cutler played a good game. He trusted his receivers with, with the passes that were called. But I just I think he could have benefited, even though it might have looked a little worse on the stat line in some areas, from actually a little bit more aggressive game plan. I think going a little bit over the top, et cetera, would have opened up even more uh, for Cutler here. I'm going to go with a B, too. I mean, yeah, it's cliche to say, but he controlled the game and made the throws when he had to. What I liked about him is when Jarvis Landry was open in the slot, he threw it to him. When it was one-on-one deep with Kenny Stills, like we saw in that touchdown, or to Devontae Parker, he gave him an opportunity one-on-one deep to make a play on the ball. So I give him credit for that. Big question before we move on, Paul. Does Ryan Tannehill win this game if he's the quarterback of the Dolphins? I think so. I think, believe it or not, I never thought I'd be saying this, but it almost felt like Tannehill was a guy that took more chances than what we saw from Cutler today, uh, at least last season. So I, I think there were some chances that were open that weren't taken. And I think that what Tannehill would have been able to do with his legs against his defense, because there were some run lanes for the quarterback that were, were wide open. So I think Tannehill could have as well, but I think Gase would have needed to put him in the position to do so, which I don't think he did essentially for Cutler today, even though Miami won. I agree with you. I think the Dolphins do win with Ryan Tannehill. Of course, I threw that question out on Twitter and everything blew up because that that tends to be the biggest thing people want to talk about is that quarterback position. But the one they should be talking about is Jay Ajayi at running back. I mean, what can you say about this guy? In the last 12 games, Joe Jaya, dating back to last year, 257 carries, 1,277 yards, 4.97 yards a carry, and five games of over 100 yards. This guy breaks tackle after tackle after tackle. He did get a big workload, touched the ball 30 times today, but he seems to be a one-man wrecking crew, and I'll even go a step further. I think he's the best player on the Miami Dolphins. Not much after Jay Ajaya, I'd like to see Kenyon Drake get a little bit more involved. Only had one carry for negative three yards in the day, but overall, uh, I'm going to give this position an A minus. I'm going to give this position a B plus. If it was just Ajayi, I'd give it a solid A. But I didn't like what I saw of Kenyon Drake in his limited action today, which he, at least on offense, special teams, sure he was good. But on offense, I didn't like what I saw of him. I didn't like the fact that we didn't see Damian Williams. It felt like there was an opportunity there to really take advantage of San Diego's over-aggressive defensive ends and pass rushers from the linebacker position in terms of the screen game, et cetera, that, that Miami didn't take advantage of here. And I know that that's not Kenyon Drake's fault. I know that's not Damian Williams' fault that they weren't utilized in that way. But at the same time, if we're grading it as a position, and what it could have done for the rest of the offense here. I've got to go with that B, even though I, I, I really loved what I saw out of Ajayi. It was more there was nothing else when there really should be a three-headed monster at that running back position. Moving along to the receiver and tight end spot, I was all over the map on this game uh, when, when it comes to these these three or four players. Jarvis Landry at one time has eight catches for 30 yards and one rush for negative seven. 
you might as well just hand hand the ball off to the guy on every play. But it, that did create a lot of matchups on the outside, right? I think throughout the game, some of the Chargers defensive backs were starting to clamp down a little bit more on Landry in the slot. And I, I looked at Devontae Parker and I thought, I was thinking halfway through the third quarter, this guy blew it. Uh, you know, he had one catch for 11 yards, but then he comes back and has two unbelievable catches that were huge receptions in this game. And that's the type of player that he is. Kenny Snills also comes away with a long touchdown. Not much else, but that's the type of player he is. And that's the type of player that we're used to. At the tight end spot, Julius Thomas, three catches, 26 yards. Anthony Fasano got on the field for some blocking. You know, I don't know. It was all over the place here, but I, I'm going to give this this position a uh, let's give him a B. This is probably going to be my highest graded position on offense. I know Landry didn't have the yardage today, but it seemed like a lot of his catches went for important yards, went for first downs, and, and were in critical moments. Even though you know there were one or two that went for a loss. Even uh, I'm not going to factor in the end around. That was a great sniff out by the other team. Uh, they really read the line there and, and made the play, but. As far as you look at Devontae Parker, and really he should have had that catch fumble and recovery on the one that was reviewed. I was very shocked that that didn't get ruled a catch. I always thought if you controlled the ball and took three or four steps, it was a catch. But apparently upon further review, it's not. Luckily, he recovered that. So even if it had been ruled a catch, it still would have been landing his ball. So you would have seen a different stat line for Parker there. He would have been over 100 yards for the day with five catches. But he made those unbelievable catches. I mean, going up and over the defensive back there to yank that ball in uh, was absolutely amazing. The catch he made along the sidelines was was unbelievable as well. And then Kenny Stills, his touchdown catch was, was so impressive because really that all came 100% down to body positioning and shielding the defender uh, on a very, very tight throw into the tight window. And it really came down to Stills making the play on that ball, and he did. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of the tight end position, but again, that that's nitpicking here. So for me, it's an A minus. Looking at the offensive line, this was the matchup we were talking about before the game. You had Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, arguably the best defensive end tandem in the league coming into this game. Had three sacks last week against Denver. And it was a, a key matchup against Laramie Tunzel, Tunzel and Juwan James. Melvin Ingram had one sack. Joey Bosa had none. How do you grade uh, the offensive line performance? Looking at Ajayi having 100-plus yards, looking at the fact that Cutler stayed really clean damn near all game, other, other than the, the two sacks on him, for me, the offensive line actually does get an A. So I lied about the receiver group getting the highest grade. They did a very solid job. I know Jesse Davis came in much earlier than we all expected uh, in this game. But you look at the fact that they went in there with only two backup offensive linemen today, and they were still able to get the job done. They stayed healthy. Those guys were on the field damn near every play and really just kept Ajayi clean, gave him a lot of holes, and they kept Cutler clean. And, and you can't ask for more than that. I know we had a lot of questions given the, the level at the guard position, but I thought Jermon Bushrod might have played one of his best games as a Dolphin today. So – Bravo to the defensive line, or the offensive line today. It's a good defensive front they went up against, and it's a solid day. That's a big matchup against the Chargers' defensive line today, and the Dolphins definitely passed the test. A few things I'll nitpick on that is Laramie Tunzel at left tackle. And overall, played a very good game, no doubt about it. He did whiff on two plays against Melvin Ingram, one of them for a sack, another one that very easily could have been a sack. 
he also had a penalty too. But yeah, like you said, Jay Ajayi, you know, 120 plus yards on the ground, and Jay Cutler was only sacked once and really wasn't pressured a whole heck of a lot either. I thought Anthony Steen and Mike Pouncey and Jermon Bushrod, like you said, played a very good game on that interior. And I'll tell you what, Joey Bosa was shut down today by Juwan James. And to me, it seems like Juwan James gets better and better and better. I'm going to give this position a B-plus here only because tons of lift on a few plays. One real quick clarification there is Cutler was sacked twice today. Unfortunately, as Dolphins fans, we all block it out that Chris McCain got in there and and put him on the ground late. But he he did get that second sack in there. Yeah, that's right. Pardon, thank you. Uh, Chris McCain did sack Jay Cutler today for no game. But, yes, technically that does go down as a sack, and we're counting it as a sack. So thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) But just for Chris McCain, (laughs) you know, somebody who who has done a heck of a job for the Chargers on a very deep defensive line, you see what he does with the kids before the game, bringing them out on the field. Glad that he's backing up our, our two pro bowlers there in San Diego. Looking at the defensive side of the ball, Phillip Rivers, 31 for 39, 331 yards. Wasn't pressured a whole heck of a lot today, but in terms of uh, how the Dolphins played against the run, I mean, if, if you take out a 26-yard run by Brandon Oliver, the Chargers had 13 carries for 18 yards. So it's a little bit difficult to grade this defensive line. Uh, what grade would you give on this defensive line, Paul? I think they were phenomenal against the run today. I really do. They got a lot of penetration. You could see it at halftime when they interviewed the in the locker room, and all he could do was spit out Sue's name, every other word, uh, given what he was doing in this game. But I thought Jordan Phillips had a lot of good moments, even though he had that boneheaded play on the goal line where he might have been in neutral zone, which how the hell do you do when you're freaking right over the ball? And he was a full head over the neutral zone there. But, you know, you look at a lot of what they did today, and I thought they played a very solid game, even though I would have liked to have seen a little more pressure before Barksdale went down with an injury. And, and I can give these guys a solid – you know what, let's go with a, a weak A- minus instead of a solid B+, plus because there were a lot of questions about stopping the run going into the season, and the defensive line was a huge part in stopping the run today. So great job by them in doing so. They were. I, I'm going to take a little bit of an opposite opinion on this. I'm going to give them a B-. minus, Even though against the run they did a heck of a job, I, I thought the linebackers were, were swarming all over the place. I thought Stu had a great game. And against the run, no argument. But against the pass, I felt like, other than a couple of pressures here and there, man, oh, man, they were having to blitz just about every play just to get pressure on the quarterback. And uh, San Diego offensive line shouldn't have to blitz as much as the Dolphins did today. Cameron Wake, I don't know where the heck he was other than one or two plays out of the game. Same goes for Andre Branch. Same goes for Charles Harris. William Hayes did have a sack. But I'm going to be looking for this Dolphins defensive line to get pressure on the quarterback throughout the game so the Dolphins don't have to blitz as much as they did. But kudos to them for focusing in on the run game and being able to swallow up a great running back in Melvin Gordon throughout the game. The linebacker position, very interesting throughout the game, something none of us expected. Lawrence Timmons, 101 career games, or excuse me, 101 starts in a row. And on Saturday, Lawrence Timmons just did not show up, and something's going on that that really we don't even know the answer to at this point. So it's hard for us to speculate on that. But I'll tell you what, it looks like Mike Hall and Chase Allen came ready to play in this contest, Paul. 
Yeah, the Lawrence Timmons thing, like you said, I'm not going to speculate on too much right now. It sounds like it's a weird, funky scenario, and I'm going to wait until I have any facts on it to really say anything because, let's face it, the closest thing we have to anything is Armando Salguero throwing out that he was angry, which doesn't appear to have any backbone to it as far as whether he left angrily, whether he left any emotion. So we just know he's not there. The team knows where he is, and they're gathering some facts, supposedly, that they're figuring out what they want to do. So hopefully it's something that gets figured out, and it's not as big of a deal as it gets made into, but it's a very unusual situation. As far as Mike Hall goes, I thought Mike Hall had an even better game than I ever could have anticipated. He was all over the field. Chase Allen, I felt like, disappeared at times. You know, he finished the game with, I think, three tackles, but there weren't any negative plays on him either. So I'm not upset with, with the way he played today. And Kiko Alonso had, had a decent game. So between the three of them, I can give this linebacker unit a B, which is better than anyone would have expected, given the fact that it almost looked like we were back to square one from last season again after all the resources invested in the offseason where, you know, we've got Kiko Alonso and a scattered, smattered handful of backups off the street almost. and. Instead, they actually came out and put together a solid game here. So, yeah, it's very comfortable to be for these guys. I'm going to give them a B-plus in this contest. Looking at the defensive back spot, it's it's hard for me to judge this almost because offhand, I say Phillip Rivers goes 31 for 39, 331 yards, and a touchdown. And then on the other part, it seems like Paul, we're having the same conversation year after year. Why the hell are the defensive backs playing so far off the football? Why is this defense so zone-oriented where so many players, even late in the game, are catching so many easy passes? I mean, overall, I I looked at Nate Allen and I thought, where the hell is Michael Thomas? (laughs) That's how badly he played. You know, Byron Maxwell and Xavier Howard, I felt, were playing really far off the football and were allowing Keenan Allen and the other receivers on, on the Chargers to catch a lot of passes here. One good thing about it, for the Dolphins defensive backs is that Travis Benjamin did not get deep on the Dolphins and that's their big weapon as far as as scoring a quick six and the Dolphins did not allow that to happen a good reason why the Chargers only scored 17 points in this game but you know overall Paul this is a unit that has to get better and to me it's it's the weakest unit on the team I'm going to give them a C minus yeah I thought they did all right again like that late drive you talked about I think it was mysteriously Miami went into a prevent almost for the majority of that drive other than the very last play before the field goal where it was they were given the big cushion allowing the catches in the yards when the team only had to go 40 yards with a minute to go. So it was a mystifying coaching decision yet again in this game. But at the same time, Nate Allen, he had a rough game. He should have come down with two different interceptions. One of them would have been a little difficult but the other one was right in his chest. He set himself up in perfect position for it on the overthrow, jumped and did his best impression of Chris Clemens with the boxing gloves, and the ball hit the turf. So that one I I really struggle with. You've got to come away with that interception there. Uh, Rashad Jones, he got a little bit screwed on a pass interference penalty in this game. I mean, the ball almost hit the first row in the stands. And you want to call illegal contact downfield, great. You want to call defensive holding because they were bumping into each other, sure, I can get behind that. 
he didn't interfere with anybody catching a pass there. Michael Jordan couldn't have caught, caught that pass in Space Jam. So I, I'm thinking that, that that was a little bit of a Bush League call. Shortly thereafter, there was a penalty on Phillips, et cetera, kept it alive at the one. Eventually, the Chargers scored on that and, and really set up the rest of the game there because it was such a close game. So for me, I'm going to go with a B-. minus. I thought they did have some positive plays as well, although I wasn't enamored with Nate Allen in this one. How about the special teams? This was all over the place, too. I mean, you know, Matt Darr, one thing about him is he never shanked punts, and that's something I always respected out of him. And then you've got Matt Hawk, who made the team over Matt Darr, and he early in the game he had, what, a 20-yard punt? He, he kicks the ball from the Dolphins' own 47, and it goes out at the 31. Totally flipped the field position in that game. And but that still does not hold a candle to what Cody Parkey did in this contest. I mean, it, nailing a 54-yard kick to win the game in your first contest after you were signed over over Andrew Franks. Not to mention that you're playing for a team that you missed three kicks against last year. So kudos to Cody Parkey. But you know, it, it was really up and down. Travis Benjamin had a long return early in the game. Team Grant just seems to be all over the place as far as. Uh, it, it's it's an adventure with him on every single play. I mean, I, I am not confident with Jakeem Grant returning punts back there. I would rather have Jarvis Landry back there. So all over the place for me, but the main thing in the star point was the kicker nailing the game-winning kick. So I'm going to give this position a B overall. For me, the only real, real downer on special teams today was the Mad Hawk shank punt that went 19 yards and <laughs> – that was a huge, like, what the hell moment. It looked like he was trying to cough and corner it, so missing it just by a little bit, sent it out of bounds way too soon. But good God, I mean, you've got to get that right here. You just beat out a pretty reliable kicker or punter, and, uh, you know, your first game out, you, you shank one. Hopefully that was some form of jitters. We don't see it again ever, if not for a really long time. But beyond that, I, I'm going to take a little different tact on Jakeem Grant. When he caught that first punt and did the backwards somersault after misjudging it. I did kind of go, oh, sh- you know, here here we go again. But, I mean, he got up and got a decent return given the fact that he, he kind of fell down fielding that punt. Uh, they did partially block a punt in this game, uh, which, which made up for things a little bit there. I thought Kenyon Drake did a beautiful job on kickoff coverage there, pitting them down at the eleven. You look at some of the returns that Grant and, and Drake had in this game. Uh, Drake had a very good kickoff return that really set the Dolphins up a great field position to start a drive. And then Jakeem Grant caught a punt, went laterally down the line across the field, waiting for a block to show up or a hole to open, went from one end of the field to the other without really making an adventure of it, and showed extreme patience before that block finally came, and he immediately cut off that block and went upfield for a pretty decent game. Uh, it's not going to look at anything special on the stat sheet, but it really was one of the better punt returns I've seen from him because of the patience it required in that scenario. You saw him break a few tackles on a few of those those returns. A few times he thought he was down because he's so tiny. Next thing you know, he pops out the other side and is getting tackled by the next guy. So I'm pretty happy overall with the special teams, especially when you look at Cody Parkey's game winner from 54. That would have been good from at least 68 yards out with how much he cleared that by. I'm going to give this unit actually an A- minus here. The shank punt was horrific, but the rest of it was actually pretty damn good for me. 
Paul, looking at the game overall, who gets your game ball? Uh, it's a toss-up between Jay Ajayi and Dominican Sue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that ball to Jay Ajayi because he did show a lot of toughness. Miami's offensive line got him to the second level, and once he got to the second level, he got himself to the next level after that. So he had a great game, even though we didn't see a lot from the rest of the running backs here. I'm going to go another route. I'm going to say Juwan James. I mean, to go up against Joey Bosa at right tackle and shut him down really the entire game other than maybe one or two pressures says something about him. And he's been playing at a very high level ever since he got the message last year when Adam Gase benched him earlier in the year when he wasn't trying hard enough. Kudos to him. And again, I think it's a player the Dolphins need to re-sign pretty quickly if they can get him for somewhere between, you know, seven and nine million a year. So my go to the game is going to go to Nate Allen. I mean, I, he wasn't Bakari Rambo bad, but I did feel that in coverage, he was a liability. And anytime Philip Rivers was targeting him, he succeeded. So by doing that, he was able to go against the secondary time and time again. And there were two passes that were, that could have been intercepted by Nate, Nate Allen too. So I'm counting, I'm counting down the days until TJ McDonald comes back to action. Paul, who's your goat of the game? I very easily could have gone right alongside you with the Nate Allen pick there. But in this one, I, I think he would come out and say it as well. I'd have to go, actually, as much as I love the guy, as much as I believe in the guy, I have to go Adam Gase here. You want to call your own players on offense, you got to be putting yourself in position to win here. And if you're not calling plays that are plays to win the game, not to just kind of eh, float around out there, you're not putting your team in position to succeed, and that all falls back on your shoulders. And in this game, I don't think Gase brought his A game, and I don't think he coached to win. I just th- I think that uh, Miami got lucky, and the Chargers inexplicably have this forceful habit, as we've talked about, of finding ways to lose, which is what happened in this game. So Gase managed to get, get through that bad play call game, and let's hope he comes out next week calling it a little bit more aggressive and a little bit better game to try to win the game. That'll do it for our breakdown of the San Diego Chargers-Miami Dolphins game. Dolphins come out ahead 19-17 to in this contest. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. The Dolphins' next game is going to be against the New York Jets. Follow us on social media to find our breakdown and our preview throughout the week. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fifth side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fifth side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.